Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Viral, a podcast series looking at the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. As Ireland accelerates out of lockdown at a growing pace, today's episode looks at what role summer vacations at home and abroad will have on the economic recovery post-COVID. Summer is not lost, and this can be a summer of hope if we keep the virus at bay. So Cabinet also decided today to plan for a return of the tourism and hospitality sectors on the 29th of June as part of a revised Phase 3. We want to see the return of domestic tourism in our country, make it possible for us to explore our country as if for the first time, and rediscover the beauty that is all around us. That was Leo Varadkar speaking two weeks ago regarding the revised roadmap details for phase two and three of Ireland's lockdown exit plan. Only a matter of weeks ago, many across the country believed that it would be autumn at the earliest before the prospect of any recreational travel would be feasible. But in recent weeks, as Ireland successfully contained the spread of COVID and reduced its ore number, the feasibility of both domestic and international holiday making increased dramatically. Heading into the final weekend of phase two of the roadmap, we touched base with John Burke, owner of the Armada Hotel in Clare, to discuss what a staycation might look like for those lucky enough to get a break from reality over the next couple of weeks. John is not only a leading hotelier, but also a world-class adventurer, having reached the summit of Mount Everest in 2017, so adversity is something he revels in and lets us know how they adapted to keep the business afloat over the past three months since lockdown began. First though, over the past two weeks, as European progression against the virus continued, talks have intensified between EU countries on establishing a number of air bridges in a hope to resurrect the holiday season at home and abroad. What are air bridges you might ask? Well, they are established travel routes between countries who have successfully contained COVID-19, where potential tourists would not have to undergo a mandatory isolation period, therefore re-establishing the prospect of international tourism between states. I spoke to Pat Dawson, CEO of the Irish Travel Agents Association, about what we can expect to hear from government in the coming days, and when and where might be on the books for a summer holiday this year. The last four weeks have seen a major acceleration towards normality for a lot of people and I think people now are gearing up to try and squeeze in an international holiday into their summer plans where beforehand we only thought something domestic was possible. What are the main factors prohibiting this now as it stands? The main factors are really that the government, uh, non-essential travel, the Department of Foreign Affairs have issued that directive and that's there until July 20th and uh, and also the quarantine which says that you know you have to fill out a form 
which is uh, legally you have to do that and you have to quarantine for 14 days and be it inbound or outbound tourism that's stopping all the travel as such there's a little bit going on I know Dublin Airport had 4,000 people last week up from one or two thousand and there's normally a hundred thousand there going through at this time of the year. You just made reference there to the 49 quarantine period so as you mentioned it applies to people re-entering but there has been a bit of confusion on whether it is legally binding. Are you saying then it's another case of it just being strongly implied similarly to the 20k or county boundary recommendations is that correct? Yes that's correct it's a guidance as opposed to law and of course Irish people and we've all behaved ourselves regarding following medical advice, and I totally, totally respect that. Um, But, you know, when do you decide, when we go to zero, zero cases, and thankfully we're nearly there, uh, when do you slowly press the button as such? Because it's a tricky one, and let me say it, the government of the day has not an easy solution to this, but I think the Taoiseach's idea of air bridges, which European countries are adopting and and are starting to put those into place, I think that's the way forward because, you know, for example, you certainly wouldn't have an air bridge to the USA at the moment. You certainly wouldn't have one to Brazil at the moment and other countries where uh, the epidemic is still out of control. But certainly in many, many parts of Europe where the virus is uh, very, very small. And I think, as, as medics say, we're going to have to live with it, and the aviation industry is also going to have to live with it. But we really have to put our best foot forward. And where are we at the moment within these airbridge conversations with the government? I know there was discussions in the cabinet two weeks ago that kind of got put to the side afterwards for a little bit. Are, are we close to agreeing this with a certain amount of countries? I think we are. I think that there's a meeting tomorrow afternoon with a committee as such, And, I mean, we have contributed to the task force as well, a document there as well. You know, okay, everyone on that task force has has skin in the game, so to speak. But having said that, I really expect some sort of a lift weekend of 9 or, or 16 July. And I've said that for many, many weeks, looking at the progression and the particular numbers, looking at Spain, looking at Portugal, looking at the Canary Islands, looking at Greece and various other countries where it's almost non-existent. I mean, I have friends in Spain and they're down in the Costa del Sol, they're out on the beach eating sardines and having a glass of wine at 1.50 a glass, not like that. But I think it, it, it sort of will be lifted, but we have to be responsible as well. And the Irish Travel Association, uh, paramount is our customers' health. And of course, paramount is how Ireland will be economically in six or eight months' time. You mentioned there that a state-appointed aviation task force gave their recommendations to the government to scrap the two-week quarantine period completely. Where did that draw its conclusions from? Well, I think, I suppose, the fact that they're looking at a recovery situation and they're looking at how you get airplanes flying again, how you get tourists, uh, you know, the government really doesn't really care about the outbound as such, as much as they care about the inbound. And we also care about the inbound because if if the inbound is not doing well, the Irish economy is not doing well. And it's, it's a case of, of starting all those engines up and getting the economics of the country flowing as Europe has done. And they have been hit a lot harder as such. 
uh, we have done really well and, and hats off to the government and the medical people that have done wonderful. There have been blips, but everyone makes mistakes and you just move on and, and take correction. But uh, it's so far so good. And certainly, you know, there has to be some sort of an equation of where it's relatively safe to go. It will never be 100 percent. But look, it will take 95 percent. Do we know if the lifting of the quarantine would be more geared towards people using it for essential travel rather than recreational travel? And might that still be discouraged? I think probably for yourselves, it's important to have confidence for the consumer on a governmental level and to not discourage people to fly for this to actually be a viable industry for the next few months. Yeah, I think essential travel would be sort of hard to manage, hard to control, and it would be small as such. I mean, we want people coming into this country and spending money. We have all those lovely bed and breakfasts around the country. We have all bars and restaurants, big and small. All all those people are dying on our feet uh, as such. Our industry, 3,500. I mean, we're the worst of all because of the fact that all our people are working and have been working since it started. And they must work because we have thousands and thousands of people booked on various flights, various holidays, various cruises for the next six or eight months. And we have to work with them to save them money, not lose money or whatever. We can help that and move them from date to date, move them till 2021. So we're working. We couldn't shut up shop, uh, not like a pub or a restaurant where they can open next week. From our point of view, I mean, we don't see any income coming in to any of our 225 travel agency members until 2021. As with many aspects of the COVID-19 crisis, we've you know, looked towards other EU countries who were experiencing maybe entering in and out of lockdown a little bit earlier than ourselves and used that as guidance. Has this actually been implemented anywhere else near us quite successfully so far? Not successfully, yes, but I, I think they're very, very much on the verge of doing it. I mean, for example, TUI, the, the biggest tour operator company, they're running about eight to 10,000 people into the Balearic Islands at the moment. Just on a test case, there's maybe five, six flights a day. That's running for the last two weeks. They're just seeing how that goes and, and whether there's any issues with that. And so far, so good. Uh, there are other airlines that have started up in Europe and Ryanair have started up in many places in Europe as such. And there has been no adverse effect so far. But our, our, our screening has to be up to date. In other words, if there is a, an issue that has to be dealt with in 24 hours. And we we're testing about 14,000 last week. We have the capacity to test 80 or 90,000. And for example, in many parts of Spain, which is an interesting thing, you can go into a medical centre, normal medical centre, walk in off the street and say, please, can I have a test? Get your test. And in three hours, 35 euros later, you have a positive or a negative. Mm. And that's the way we have got to be as such. If anyone wants a test, I believe it's costing us 200 euros, I believe, mm. as such. But uh, in Spain, and, and I'm sure many parts of Europe, you can do that. And that's the kind of, of, of resolve we have to make it safe for people. Do we know if there's any mutual criteria that will have to be met between countries for an airbridge to be established? That's the problem. There isn't. And perhaps they will set that tomorrow and, and make that announcement on Friday. There is no criteria. So it, it's, you know, I mean, we're nearly as good as we get. 
we're still unfortunately losing people. We, we lost, to, I think, two or three yesterday. It's still so sad for those families. And we see their, their photographs and their, and their pictures on, on TV most days. And it's, it's so, so sad. And there are people who were born, in the, most of them, uh, born in the 40s and 50s and have served the country and, and did, did, just, we just lost them as such. And it is sad. So we've got to bear that in mind. And we really have to be careful. But there is a time, and it's a government decision, where you lift the pedal and let's go with it. But be prepared and have all the forces of the state ready just in case there is a, a bad turn in it and, and correct it immediately. And I, I think uh, that's the way we have to go. Uh, not alone for our industry. Yes, we are selfish. But uh, for, for Ireland, uh, Inc. And to finish up then, I know you'd referenced these countries at the beginning, but can we speak a little bit about North America? Because I imagine outside of Europe, that's probably one of the most travel destinations coming from Ireland. Do we have any indication when that might be a feasible opportunity to visit either America or Canada? I think the way the states are going, and I fortunately or unfortunately have family living in Florida, and they keep us up to date every other day. And it seems to be getting worse than better there. Now, there are three aircraft today, Chicago, Boston and New York, going out of Dublin. But Irish people can't board a flight, let alone fly and be refused at the other end. My forecast for the States, I would say that's probably two months away. John Burke is the owner of the Armada Hotel on the west coast of Clare and speaks to me as they put the final touches in place ahead of reopening this Monday. I began by asking him about the initial experience of running the hotel in the weeks preceding lockdown and whether he ever envisioned that they would be closed for three months at that stage. You know, it was uh, it felt like the game plan was changing here on, on a, a daily basis nearly for the, the week or two leading up to closure. And, you know, just when you think you've kind of... Uh, solved the situation or a challenge uh, whether it was a you know a downturn in business but that there was still a business there whether it was safety procedures um uh, you know or operations or or, or uh, uh you know loss of uh, ca- cancellations uh, everything that was kind of coming at us we were trying to battle forward and try to trying to fix it and i suppose we've come up creatively with ideas and creatively with ideas on safety and getting really active on that and uh you know, and bit by bit, the situation was escalating, and I suppose eventually we we soon I soon realised that we were fighting a, a losing battle, and um, there was that immediate period after after shutdown where we kind of just had to kind of basically throw the towel into the ring and just and just give up the fight and just say right uh, we're in a we're in a new world now and we're facing that. And I remember just needing about a week where I absolutely you know did nothing and just I suppose in a way kind of just had to draw a line in the sand and say. You know, that was the business before COVID-19 and, and uh, next week we're going to start planning the business uh, post-COVID-19 uh, and in this new environment that we face into. So it was, I suppose, effectively from that point um, onwards, it was like building a new business and building entire new markets and new products and developing the team around mm. and new roles and new duties and everything else that went with it. So it's just been, um, yeah, crazy time. I'm speaking to you just a few days of the reopening. I was wondering for the guests that are going to come to the hotel on Monday, what are the ways or some of the ways in which the hotel experiences had to adapt for them? Is there many noticeable changes? Um, there are there are noticeable changes, uh, but I think they won't impact on the guest experience. So we're going to have, of course, perfect screens at, at reception. We're going to have a COVID information booklet that's going to be handed out to each guest. We're going to have a lot of items removed from bedrooms, like uh, reading material and guest information booklets, um, and so many other small changes like that. But I think 
overall, I guess the experience can remain really positive and it can still feel like a person is going on holidays and they are treating themselves and they're not in a, a sterile controlled environment. The, the protocols and the procedures are there and then it's up to us to bring the fun and the enjoyment and I suppose the luxury and the pampering and all those other bits that those as hoteliers have to bring that to the table and, and find that and find that find that balance in the middle where people feel like they're safe uh, but that they are really treating themselves and they are away and they're having a really positive and enjoyable experience. So there are going to be noticeable changes. I mean, I guess people serving them at tables are going to have masks, but where people can maintain the social distance, they won't be wearing masks. But then, you know, there are also going to be some positive changes to be working on, whether it's our, you know, upskilling our staff on our cocktails or developing our food menus, you know, which we think we can deliver an even better uh, food experience than ever before. And our, our, our chef just got a Irish Chef of the Year award yesterday. So, uh, so that's putting even more pressure on him. But, you know, we have a full kitchen team and we're doing uh, less numbers uh, based on our, our capacity to keep everyone safe and distant. So I think there's changes that will be positive for the guest experience too. Speaking on capacity, are you running full throttle for Monday or how are the bookings looking for the next couple of weeks? Have you seen an immediate confidence within the industry again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it was just like a, a switch it was clicked on to allow people to start booking again when the, the last announcement was made, which brought us back to three weeks earlier for reopening. And, you know, it didn't just impact bookings for those three weeks. It impacted bookings for the entire July and August and September period. Uh, bookings just started to come at us like an avalanche and it was hugely positive and it was I suppose the first sense of real positivity that I felt around the business again you know July is is looking strong the first week is a bit quieter that's perfect for us we're at about 50% occupancy Um, but from the first week onwards we're seeing bookings really really strong we're going to ease ourselves into the process we're going to close off to non-residents for the first week until we get uh, get everyone I suppose back and back to work and back in action and mm. back used to I suppose new procedures and then after that we're, we're going to scale up on our food and beverage offerings after that as well. And what is the goal for 2020 in that case? The goal for 2020 is to hit 2021 <laughs> and to uh, and to get out of this year um, and to try to forget about it as much as possible. Um, I suppose it, uh, it is look at the battle of survival for, for every every tourism operator there's no doubt about that you know we're expecting a very strong summer but you know the uh, uh, October, November, December, January, February is going to be uh, brutally tough. You know, unless our international tourism picks up, we're going to be really, really uh, struggling through that winter period. So, look, it's to get through this year. It's to it's retain talent, I suppose, maintain standards, make sure that people believe in our product and we keep a positive message out there so that, you know, despite the adversity of COVID-19 that we're seeing as a, a forward-thinking, positive business that, that is trying to keep push forward against adversity and just to get ourselves into 2021 where we're going to look forward with, I suppose, a, a lot more optimism about numbers. Look, our wedding market is huge for us here. We'd like to see that uh, getting back to normality as soon as possible. As soon as that happens, it'll give us a lot more positivity. But 2020 is a really difficult year. Keep our suppliers paid. Uh, retain our talent, keep our staff paid and uh, and I suppose our big priority is to look after our wedding couples for a very distressing time for them as well. That was episode 33 of Viral COVID-19. I'd like to thank both Pat Dawson and John Burke for joining me on the podcast today. We will be back with more news and info on Ireland's fight against COVID-19 next week. I'm Ian Dole. I'll talk to you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 